Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cast from the Crypt podcast, the podcast all about Tales from the Crypt and everything comedically horrifying. I am your host, as always, CJ Roby, and we're back. We're back with season two. We took a small break after the award ceremony, which thank you guys for the reception for that award ceremony, by the way. I I put a lot more work into that than I should have for just like splicing in a couple of <laughs> songs onto the onto the track. But you know what? Hey, look, I'm I'm new at this whole podcasting thing. I told you in episode one I don't know how to do this shit. So um we are we are back with season two. Two. We're getting it started after the little break that I took, and uh, I look, I I took that break so that I could make sure that I could get you guys a Christmas present. All right, I made sure that I would be able to get this episode out for you to be able to enjoy during your Christmas time. So you know you could uh, just grab your presents and stash yourself away and listen to this podcast while you unwrap them, rather than listening to your family. You know that's it's that that's what I want from you for your Christmas. Or if you're spending Christmas alone, you know just have something to kill some time with and hang out and listen to and laugh with during the season. I'm here to bring you some joy. That some some Christmas joy. That's why I had to take my break, and uh, it's it was completely altruistic on my part, and in no way was it because of my own laziness or incompetence. So let's uh, let's get into season two. Season two premiered on April twelfth, nineteen ninety, with the episode "Dead Right," not "Dead Wrong," "Dead Right." Now I haven't. I haven't heard of anyone ever saying dead right, but I, but I, it might be a thing. It's the, it was, it was the title of the comic too. So I guess it was a saying, uh, who knows <laughs> this episode, this episode's pretty great. The, this episode is pretty fantastic and, uh, I'm actually really excited to jump into it. But before we do, we are going to start it off like we always do with top five credits of the episode. There were a lot of people in this episode, but we are only going to focus on the five with the best credits, or at least my favorite credits. You, you can Your mileage may vary on that, but we're going to start off with number five. Number five is Tiffany Million who was uh, one of the strippers in the in the club. And with a name like Tiffany Million, uh, uh, you can, you can kind of guess what is going to be on her IMDb page, but I was not expecting so many porns to actually have an IMDb page. So, like, that's just a whole new world of IMDb that I, that I figured out about. And it's, it's just so funny, like, the best ones that I found on her page were Big Bust Platinum, <laughs> which, like, I'm pretty sure that's what Jotaro in JoJo's says after he comes. <laughs> that is a joke for, like, three people. <laughs> and, uh, and smears. That's, <laughs> Number four. Number four is Tim Surd. Tet, Tim Surtet, S-U-R-S-T-E-D-T. I don't know how to say his name, but he's great because he was the cinematographer for this episode, and he also did the cinematography on Teen Wolf, which was hilarious, but this guy was behind the camera on Critters, which is amazing, and Bill and Ted. I mean, come on. It's Bill and Ted. Number three... Number three is actually uh, somebody who's been on the list before, Jay Ferguson, who did the music for Only Sin Deep, 
And uh, actually, I don't I don't remember if he was actually put onto the list, but he was he did the music for Only Sin Deep. Maybe he didn't get onto the list because I would have put him on for doing the Double Dragon music. And the if if he's on here now for Double Dragon, he Only Sin Deep must have had some good stuff. Uh, number two, number two is Earl Bowen. Uh, he was Kathy's boss. He's also, uh, he's also the doctor. He's also, uh, Sarah Connor's shrink in Terminator, Silverman. Uh, he's also the ghost pirate LeChuck in Monkey Island, like, uh, a seasoned game series. He, this dude does the voices of one of, like, the, one of the most iconic bosses. And he was the narrator in WoW. Like this, this dude was the was the World of Warcraft narrator for like a few expansions. So that's that's pretty badass. But our uh, number one credit for today, it's not Jeffrey Tambor, it's not Demi Moore. I I do love you guys, I really do. But it is Kate Hodge. Kate Hodge was uh, was Sally, the friend, and uh, she is also in one of my favorite shows that kind of fell off at the end, but, you know, it's whatever. But one of one of my favorite shows, The Following. The Following was such a dope show. I highly recommend it to anyone. You should definitely watch The Following because it is... It's very dramatic. It's it's kind of gruesome, and it's 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 just great. It's just good. All right, so let's jump into the episode, season two, episode one, Dead Right. I already said it before, but this is a very good episode. I <laughs> I'm actually th- this is seriously season two started off real real well and it made me very excited for uh the rest of season two like if it if it's already going off this hard i cannot wait to see what kind of shit they get into in season two when they're just like oh people actually like this show all right cool now we got a show let's let's just be the stupidest we possibly can just let's just go all out we're on hbo we don't need to give a fuck about nothing so the episode opens with a big magnified eyeball and a great joke uh the crypt keeper says that he's looking into the future and he senses that we're about to see something that will both sicken and disgust us which i mean it's it's the same thing but uh, it's him. It's just him. <laughs> he he's he you know he's a gross undead corpse man. So yeah yeah good good one good one. You do sicken and disgust me every time I see you. He tells us that he has a tale for us about a gold digger who he says will is about to buy the big one. Which that turn of phrase. It might have made sense in the 90s. That might have been something that they said, but I I don't think so. I've never heard of buy the big one. I've heard of bite the big one, but not buy the big one. I, I think that that was just some uh, a forced-in joke right there. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that made sense in any time. It opens with Demi Moore. All right, yeah, that's right. Demi Moore, or maybe Demi Moore. I don't really care. Uh, you know, you know her from Ghost and from a bunch of shit. She was married to Ashton Kutcher. She was all over the 90s just being hot everywhere. Uh, but she's walking down the street and she's <laughs> walking to, like, weird Phoenix Wright music. This whole, this whole episode has, like, weird fucking video game music, which makes sense because it's the double dragon guy who's composing all of it but uh she walks into she walks into madame vorna's fortune shop and there's a big sign that says madame vorna's fortune shop but and then she walks in is this madame vorna's fortune shop for anyone who's you know not paying attention to the episode not studying it intently for a fucking podcast (laughs) 
uh, she she says she says, oh yes, this is Madame Vorna's place. Isn't that right, Trotsky? And she has her uh, assistant, who is a dog, and the best assistant. He is the goodest assistant, and uh, he confirms that the shop is truly where she needs to be. Kathy says that she doesn't believe that in this shit. She she's like, oh yeah, I. Pfft. None of this is real to me, but, you know, I decided to spend my entire lunch hour coming over here just because uh, I like to challenge my entire worldview uh, just on my on my breaks, uh, which I mean, <laughs> I guess that's a, a valuable way to spend your your break hours. But hey, uh, I, I usually try to just relax. <laughs> so Madame Vorna tells her it's 20 bucks. You pay in advance. And she gives her the 20 bucks. So Vorna tells her that she reads the future through vibrations. And so this, look, there's no uh, real explanation to Vorna's powers or anything in this. But the way that she explains it is, it's kind of interesting. So she says that she can be considered an empty vessel. And that psychic energy from a person or... So she she calls the psychic energy the spirit. So she's reading a person's spirit, but like it's the she she says that she's filled up by the spirit. Her empty vessel is filled up by the spirit. And now I'm not going to go into the whole like symbological and metaphysical shit in this about how basically Vorna is fucking someone's spirit and the eventual outcome of that sexual and inca- sexual spiritual encounter is knowledge about the future which kind of means that you know knowledge is like like looking for knowledge is a kind of like sex for your spirit which means that all like thought and knowledge is basically just brain jizz i'm not getting into that that's for the patreon okay what i'm gonna focus on today is vorna's powers all right the the her actual her actual shit all right so here hold on you i need you to come with me on this journey all right so she can see the future through someone's spirit okay so that means that she is reading somebody's timeline based on the psychic energy and like the vibration they're like just their aura just in general. So that if she can if she can tell all of your future from your from your aura, it's not like a, a thing that she's pulling from the ether. It's not like clairvoyance that she's just like looking at time through. It's like a personal thing. That means that she can read your spirit's whole history and timeline, which means which kinda tells me that we as people on kind of like a spiritual level exist through all of time all at once all right so there's there's uh proposal number one all right we in our in our metaphysical forms we exist throughout all time as once so that means that time is like a collapsed like ball of dough that's maybe malleable who knows we'll we'll see we'll we're gonna get into it all right I'm putting on the I'm putting on the tinfoil hat right now. All right, I'm crunching it up and putting it on my head. All right. So, how how does Vorna's power actually work? Is my question, all right? It could does she is it like is she basing this on like probability? Is it is she like reading like a butterfly effect sort of thing? Could it be she's, like, looking through, like, multiverse stuff and, like, seeing all sorts of, like, possibilities or something? Or is it actually just, like, a solid, like, a straight line that she's actually seeing and and talking about? Vorna's not going to tell us, all right? This is why we have to get to the bottom of these things, all right? This is, this is some true, like, you didn't know that you were going to get some real just down and gritty journalism in this episode did you from your comedy podcast but we're getting into it so she she gives uh she gives a prediction well she doesn't predict it she's uh she kind of just like gives kathy the layout 
you know, kind of, kind of just like flexing on her a little bit. She's, she's just like, oh, like I know you, you've always dreamed of being rich. Like you were always trying to marry rich, and uh, you, you know, you're just like a, a secretary. But that's not what you want. You've always been looking for Mister Right or Mister Rich, if I should say. So like with with this flex right here we can kind of see what Vorna can actually see, you know? So she she can see like her personality and stuff. She can see dreams that she's had since, you know, like from way back. So once again, this is this is telling me that she's seeing she's seeing like that whole timeline stacked up at once within one person. And who knows? Who knows if she knows, like, the whole world's fate or something, and she's just over here shilling for 20 bucks. We're gonna get to the bottom of it. But it's it's very, like, that's very, like, surface-level stuff, you know? That's that's just, like, that that's just kind of her being, like, oh, like, I can tell that you're kind of, like, a greedy person. But it kind of brings up the question, like, is, is Kathy's, like, really, is Kathy just, like, all about marrying rich is that just like ha- has that been her whole plan she just like thinks about that like all the time it's it's pretty it's pretty odd that she she brought this aspect of Kathy's like personality to the forefront of everything you know uh cuz yeah she's immediately just like uh you work huh you're, you're you're a working girl. You're a secretary, but you're trying to you're really trying to marry rich, aren't you? That's that's your whole goal. So I who knows how passionate uh, Kathy's been? Cause uh, you know there there are definitely some ladies out here or who who are just like well I, at least like definitely back in the nineties who were just like the whole thing that I need to do is go get married and it better be to a rich guy. So who knows? Who knows? Alright, so, she gives Kathy her first prediction, alright? Kathy's gonna lose her job, and she's gonna get a new one right after that. And Kathy's just like, no, no way, you're hella stupid. My boss isn't even, my boss isn't even around, he's on vacation. There's no way I could get fired today. And Vorna's, Vorna tells her that she's never wrong in this area. She will definitely lose her job today and i I was like wait what area are you never wrong in what does that mean and business is that what you're trying to say you always know like the goings-on in people's work that's just easy pickings for you or are you telling me that you're is it just like all of business i'm never wrong about any anything having to do with business she she needs to be like trading stocks or something rather than collecting 20 bucks off of schmucks by using future site but who knows who cares uh so kathy's just like now nah, whatever and uh she goes back to work at work she's talking to her friend and she's dismissing vorna and uh she she tells her friend that vorna said she was gonna get fired and and she's like oh but that that asshole's not even here. There's no way that he, he could fire me. <laughs> and she turns around and her boss is there. And he's like, oh, well, looks like that asshole got here earlier than you expected, huh? <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's embarrassed, but he goes, oh, I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who who's upset by just getting called like a, a name, you know. But uh, looking at your timesheet here. Looks like you were half an hour late, 25 minutes late for your lunch. So, uh, hit the bricks, bitch, because you're fired. And, uh, <laughs> so, so she's out of there. And it's just like Madame Vorna said. Oh, my goodness. After that, she's walking down the street, and, uh, she stops by this place and hears these people arguing, and this guy, like, pushes this chick out to the street and he's like ah oh, you're fired get the fuck out of here uh i never want to see you again she's like, uh you you can't fire me i quit you're not gonna be able to replace me he's like oh yeah hey hey lady hey you you want a job and uh and he's just yelling to kathy uh so she takes she takes the job she's a waitress now 
She comes back to Vorna and she's like, oh shit, Vorna, you were right. And Vorna's like, yeah, I know I was right. Uh, and she says that every exit is an entrance someplace else, which kind of, it kind of makes me wonder about her power again, because it, it makes me, all right, so like, I, 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 it makes me think about like the specifics of her powers, because I don't know if she's, if she's seeing, all right, we talked about like probability earlier, so she could be seeing certain events and then just kind of making educated guesses around those because she knows like patterns of time and cyclical shit and she's who knows what she can see or uh is she is she seeing literal like exits and entrances you know uh, of certain events in someone's life when she reads them or it could it could be it could be all of this you know, I, my, like, I, I just wonder, I just wonder if she, if she sees small bits of the future and then kind of extrapolates around those to expand it, or if she's talking about entrances and exits because she can see, like, chunks of time between events, like, one thing will happen and then another thing will happen and then she can see everything that happens between those two points uh, it we're gonna get to the bottom of it so she makes another prediction she says there's a new wind blowing for kathy which again makes me wonder like how how malleable is time it, a, a new wind so so things have changed for her is it because of what you predicted? Who? We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out together. So, uh, but you also have to remember that she's a, she's a fucking fortune teller. She's a gypsy. She, she it could just be her being dramatic. You know, she could, she, oracles have a flair for the dramatic and to, to weave half-truths. So that kind of has to be taken into consideration, you know? She says that she sees a great deal of money coming to Kathy soon. But before she gets that money, she's about to marry a man. And uh, she says that she she doesn't give her any, uh, any, like, she doesn't tell her exactly what's going on. She just says, that I see a man in black and you're in white. So I don't know if she's just like, I don't know. I don't know if she actually knows like the whole situation of what's going on or something, or if she just sees them at the altar, you know, that's, that's what's really, what's really got me going. And also we don't see Kathy pay her this money. She says 20 bucks, but we don't know if it's like, Oh yeah, 20 bucks. Every time you come in 20 bucks for like a different prediction, or if it's all right, 20 bucks. And then like you and me now have, uh, Oracle sessions. Like it's, it's me and you 20 bucks gets you fucking clairvoyance work for however long you need. It's a contract. But who knows? Maybe she has rates. Maybe maybe twenty bucks is like the bare minimum you can pay her. Maybe Kathy's just being like a fucking you know she's just being hella cheap, and uh, and for like twenty five bucks for forty bucks you could get the real specific shit. You know who? Madame Vorna is is powerful, but we don't know how powerful. Uh, but. She tells Kathy that he's not going to inherit the money until after they get married. And uh, Kathy's just like, I'm not going to marry a poor schmuck. Like, what are you talking about? I don't I don't want to I, I don't care about him. Like, I just want the money. And Vorna is like, oh, well, what about love? Kathy, Kathy says love's kind of important. But Vorna's she's not stupid. She's like, nah, you're you don't give a shit about love. You love money. And uh Kathy has a, a really good line in here that that I really like. She she goes, "How would I know? I've never had any." Which I really feel like I feel that on a deep personal level. Kathy's Kathy's a bit of an asshole in everything else, but like I I can I can I vibe with her on that on that one note. Uh, so 
now Vorna is is uh, making the serious predictions, and this is about to carry the episode. So Vorna says that uh, Kathy's husband is going to inherit a large sum of money, and then after that, he's going to die a violent death. He, she says he'll inherit money from someone near and dear to him, and then after he gets that money, he's going to die violently. And uh, that this makes Kathy super happy. She's just smiling about being a, being a rich widow. That's all she cares about. So she goes into her first day of work, and uh, she works at a strip club now. And it, that's, that's revealed because the scene transition from Vornis to work is just... T- it's just good old-fashioned HBO titties. Just, just shaking right, you know, front and center. That's, that's the whole transition. And then it's just her walking around uh, serving drinks and shit. But uh, the MC, like, calls her on the uh on the he makes an announcement he's like oh we got a new waitress like god everybody say hello to kathy and tip her well she might treat you right (laughs) and which i don't know how i feel about announcing the the new waitress like maybe it makes more sense at a strip club where you're just like uh, you know where uh, i don't know it's been so long since i've been to a strip club that i don't remember if the waitresses also will just like give dances if you if you tip them. I don't know how it works, but it's it's just it's just weird to call out the new people over the PA. That's how I feel about it anyway. But speaking of the MC, he gets a he gets a pretty good joke in there. He introduces the 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 next stripper that comes on is Aura Lee, which <laughs> I think is a great stripper name joke. <laughs> That's Oralee Lee is pretty solid. So Kathy's just talking to the MC and uh she she's complaining that everyone's being, you know, stingy. And uh she says, Yeah, the sign outside says big tits, not big tips, which I, I thought it was I thought it was really good. The writing the writing for this episode is fantastic. I I will just say that I'm I I just was laughing the whole time through this episode, especially for what comes up next because Jeffrey Tambor walks in. Jeffrey Tambor, you you might know him as the the dad in Arrested Development. He's he's uh, Drexler and Archer. He's he's been all over the place. Uh, but he comes in in just this crazy fat suit looking like the blueberry girl in Willy Wonka and just all balding hair and shit. He looks gross and it's great. And, and she's just, she's just talking hella shit. She's just like, this boy's so big. He got his own zip code and you can, you can just hear the crew in the background. Just, Ooh, dude. (laughs) <laughs> but the MC tells her that he's uh he's one of their he's one of their best customers. That dude's VIP, so she's got to treat him right. Or you could call him a whale. Insert comedy drum track. <laughs> um <clears throat> so she goes over and asks him if he wants a drink. He orders and it get you you, you get a good close look at his face and just the prosthetic works in making him look so gross is just fantastic. I love it. Uh, she gets him a drink and he asks her for a date, and she's like, "No, get away! Ab- just absolutely not! Never, please get away from me as fast as possible!" And then he stops her. He's like, huh, "Are you playing hard to get?" And she's like, "No, I'm playing. Don't fucking ever talk to me to get." But so, you know, this, it just really establishes him as a guy who just doesn't fucking get it and is just gonna be creepy about it. <laughs> he, like, he makes his not understanding of when people are just like, no, get the fuck away from me. He turns that into everyone else else's problem. But it's... It, it's it's pretty much the start of a of a, a great love story where one hot jerk and a really gross jerk find each other and find love. 
upcoming summer 1990 jerk story. But she she gets his drink and then realizes, oh shit, this is this is the dude. Oh fuck, no, please. Uh <laughs> and she goes on break to clear her head. He follows her and is just like, oh hey, uh you know what's what's up girl like come on you i'm not gonna take no for an answer i'm not that kind of guy which he probably should be and she's she's just laying into this fool just just all the fat jokes just rapid fire but he loves it he's he thinks she's hilarious and uh he tells her that they're destined to be together so she dips out she's not having any of that because she's like, oh, fuck, this is the guy, no! So she goes back to Vorna, and uh, Vorna tells her, like, yeah, that's the guy who you're gonna inherit all the money. Or, who's gonna inherit all the money. Like, I I see everything. Which, uh, again, another wrinkle in her shit. Because does she really see everything? Because that's... if she If she truly does see everything... Now I'm wondering if she's like, if, if, is she, so is this a predetermined path? Is she leading Kathy to somewhere she can see? Does this mean that she can see like all possibilities and that she's, you know, like showing Kathy the path that she wants to go to, you know, or is it just like, is it just, oh, like I know what's going to happen and this is, this is it. So she's just telling her. I, I don't know. I, I kind of think that Vorna can see the entire multiverse. She can see all the possibilities of the things that are going to happen. And she can kind of change up, change up the course of where people are going by letting them know, like, what's gonna, what's gonna happen, pointing them in the right direction and stuff. And there's, there's a little bit more evidence for that a little later. Because my whole question is, if if she knows everything, why doesn't she why doesn't she just like tell Kathy exactly what's gonna happen? Like, all right, all right, because she doesn't even tell her how he's gonna die, and that that becomes that becomes a point because uh, the next day Kathy goes and hangs out with her friend. And she's just talking mad shit about this dude with her friend. And her friend's like, oh, no, like, just go for it. Just marry the guy. He's going to die, right? And and uh, they they start, like, trying to kind of guess how he's going to die because Vorna didn't, didn't mention specifically. And there's a great little montage. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great montage of just them being like, so... What what do you think it happened to him? He'd probably get hit by a car. And then it just shows him walking down the street and gets busted by a car. And uh, Kathy's like, nah, that fat ass. He's so fat. Who probably needs to get hit by a truck to really get him. And then it just shows him getting hit by a truck instead. And then he's <laughs> it shows him next to them in a in a booth choking on some food. And they're just they're just laughing it up. Uh, but she's she's convinced. So the next night he comes back and he's like, oh, hey, baby, like, come on, you want to go out for that date? And she finally agrees to the date because she wants that money. She's trying to get that cash. Uh, she asks his name. She's dating Charlie Marno. And don't you forget it. So they go out for a date. Uh, they go to see a movie. And I was I was trying to figure out I was trying to find what movie they watched. But uh, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. So if anybody knows what movie that is that they go to, please let me know. Just send, send me a DM on my socials. Uh, they get some Chinese food where he makes a hack joke about Chinese food making you hungry twenty minutes later, and he loves it. He's just slapping the table. He's like, ah, it's the best. <laughs> and uh, and then they go dancing, and he crushes her foot with his fat ass. So, uh, and at the end of the night, I love it. At the end of the night, they, uh, she, they kiss and it's just, he, he walks away just all happy, pepping his step. And then the camera pans to her window and you just see her run into her kitchen and throw up. It's great. It's fantastic. I love this episode. <laughs> um, 
after that, he shows back up again. He's like, oh, I got a new suit. And you know what? I want you to marry me, Kathy. I don't have much, but I got good prospects. And uh, and she she asks, she's, she goes, well, I mean, I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about your family or anything. Do you have any, like, rich family that might be able to take care of us if we get into a jam or anything? And uh, he tells her about his rich uncle that owns a factory. So that's all she needs. And she she uh, agrees. And the next scene is just them getting married and her looking sad about it. <laughs> and then the honeymoon where Charles is trying to fuck, but she's just she's just absolutely disgusted by everything. And we get another super fun montage where it's just her and Charlie just living in marital bliss and her just being miserable. But it's all set to the tune of dancing cheek to cheek and it's like inner cut with them like having like a, a nice little dance number. It's a it's a very well done sequence and I really, really enjoyed it. So after that, uh she's she's just like, man, I'm fucking done. Have you heard anything from your uncle? And he's like, why would I hear anything from my uncle? He's got his family and they're all hanging out. They're doing fine. And she flips out. She, uh, what do you mean your uncle has a family? What do you mean they're going to be inheriting the money instead of us? Like, ah, no. Vorna, why? Uh, <laughs> so she goes back to, to Vorna. And every time she goes to to Vorna, I forgot to mention this. Every time she goes to Vorna, I don't know what's going on with Vorna's office hours, but she always goes to Vorna at the most random times, and Vorna's always like doing some shit. The first time, the first time she goes back, Vorna's just like hanging out. She's just like got a face mask on. She's got her hair like all wrapped, hanging out, watching fucking TV, putting lotion on. She's like, oh yeah, uh, so you met the guy, huh? Yep. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just hanging out. I know my office hours are open, but this is also just like my me time. So you can come here to get predictions, but just know that I'm going to be doing my own thing. I God, I I wish, you know what? I need to open a business so that I can be just like Vorna. That's that's the kind of business owner I want to be. <laughs> so she goes back to Vorna and this time Vorna's just like at her TV doing aerobics while <laughs> While getting yelled at, she's just like, ah, you're a fraud, like, this can't be, you told me that, ah, ah. and Vorna's just like, yeah, bro, I'm just, I'm just trying to exercise here, I told you, I told you he's gonna be the one that inherits the money, and he's gonna die after that, like, what do you want from me? Uh, and Kathy says that she's, she's fucking finished, she's done, she's out of here, but, uh, after that, Vorna, Vorna looks at us! The me as the viewer, she she tells she reiterates it and she tells us that Vorna is always right. So this this definitely plays into into my multiverse theory. All right, because she can definitely see us and we are not in that same dimension. All right, she's over here. Only a few characters in the show so far have broken the fourth wall. So you know it's. It's, hmm, we're, we'll, she's too powerful. So, uh, after that, Kathy goes, goes to, all right, I don't know what an automat is. Uh, this, this episode's supposed to be set in the 50s, and I think it, back then when vending machines, like, were first coming around, they were just like, ah, we can just make a whole store out of this. We don't have to pay cashiers and shit. Automation was was coming a, a long time before Walmart had robots, folks, and self-checkout shit. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I love ch self-checkout machines. Don't make me talk to a fucking human being. Get out of here. Get out of my face. I'm just trying to shop. But, uh, she, so, it's, it's like a shop full of, uh, vending machines or something, and she buys something, and something random, and it turns out that she was the millionth customer of this AutoVac, AutoMat machine, or AutoMat store, or whatever. And since she's the one millionth customer, she gets one million dollars! And she's stoked. She's all sorts of happy. Because 
Fucking Vorna was wrong. Looks like she doesn't have any power anyway. Vorna was wrong. No one inherited any money. She just ended up getting rich. Like, it's, you know, it's not a, it's no problem. She's set now. She's set for life. Uh, she goes home and <laughs> just starts laying into Charlie. She's like, ah, yeah, what's up? I'm home, you fat, disgusting piece of shit. <laughs> He's like, what's, what is all this? She's like, oh, what's all this? I'm gone. That's what all this is. Just packing her bags and, uh, uh, Charlie's, Charlie's making food, and he's just like, what the fuck's going on? Like, who the fuck is Madame Vorna? What are you talking about? She's, she's just telling him, oh, I always hated you, and I don't need you anymore. I got all this money. It's gonna be all me now. And, um, uh, he, he, like, grabs her bag. He's like, please, no. And she just throws it off him. He's just on the floor. She's like, keep it, you pathetic piece of shit. Uh, and then she tries to leave, and he walks into the kitchen and grabs the knife that he was using to make food. <laughs> and, uh, she's, she's at the door, and he goes, oh, one more thing before you leave. She's, oh, what? What do you want? Well, if I can't have you, no one can. Which is usually the the response from fucking creepy weirdos like him, just like pushy fucking douchey guys like that, like this guy. That's usually the, the fucking responses. Uh, if I can't have you, no one can. And so, uh, he chases after her. She tries to get out. He closes the door. She asks him to drop the knife and, oh, he does drops it directly into her chest just screaming his new catchphrase the whole time. Just just stabbing the shit out of her. Just like, if I can't have you! Ah! Uh, and then, yeah, and then she's dead. Ah, super-de-duper dead. The next day, well, no, not the next day. But uh, the next scene is just a graveyard at her gravestone. And you can hear a report like, ah, oh, well... Local gold digger tries to marry a guy for all of his inheritance and then won the lottery. Turns out he did inherit the money, but he inherited it from her because he murdered the shit out of her and then got her money. I guess he cleaned it up well enough for the for, for the money, like for the estate people to not catch him for for a while. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, he, he ended up getting the money from someone near and dear to him, and, uh, he got put in the chair for it to die violently, and, the uh, the news report is, is going on, and they took one final shot at Charlie just being like, uh, yeah, he... Uh, he's getting his final rites, and he had his last meal, which was the largest last meal that anyone's ever had. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, and then Charlie fries. Good riddance to both of them, I guess, because, uh, Vorna, it turns out, is watching the, uh, news report on, on TV, and right as she's watching it, somebody else comes in. And is is like, oh, hey, Madame Vorna, you can see the future, right? And Madame, Madame Vorna, her and Trotsky, her and the dog are just sitting there watching the, that report and just like knowing, oh, yeah, Vorna can see the future. She heard right, because Vorna always knows. Now, I was going through the reviews and stuff for this episode, just in my research and stuff. And there are way too many people who are just like, oh, hashtag Vorna did nothing wrong. Like, all she did was predict the future. Like, she she just saw it. Like, you know, she didn't, but no. Nah, fuck that. Vorna is a criminal. Vorna did this shit on purpose. Now, look, look. Was, was Kathy a gold digger? Definitely. All right? most certainly but she didn't she wasn't a criminal all right she didn't do anything wrong 
Alright, she's just an asshole. So does that really mean that you should just be killing someone with clairvoyance just because they're an asshole? The what what seals it for me about it being like premeditated kind of is that the the she's like, alright, hey, tell me my future. And she's like, oh, ooh, hold on. I'm reading your aura right now and I see you're a greedy bitch. And I can see like one possible future where you get murdered for being a greedy bitch. So yeah, I'm gonna send you over that way because I'm a douchebag. You know? Like she look, Kathy did not have to get murdered. Alright? And and people people might be like, oh well like she didn't have to keep coming to Vorna like after she she had plenty of chances to be like, nah fuck this and like I'm I'm done. Uh, but she, she went ahead and married the guy because she's an asshole. Yeah, like I said, she's an asshole. She's not a fucking criminal, though. It's, it's not, it's only morally wrong and not legally wrong to go after this dude's cash. And then she just got murdered for it. So, you know what? Madame Vorna, Madame Vorna is a, is a criminal. And she's over here producing psychic murders and I'm not here for it. I, I won't stand for it. But, uh, <laughs> fucking, look, look, if you think differently, my, my socials, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give out my social medias at the end of the episode. Feel free to, to at me. I don't care. Vorna was wrong. All right, so the, it ends, it ends with the Crypt Keeper and uh, he's and he's also out here just ripping on Charlie for being a fat fuck. He's just like, oh, what does he say? Yeah, he, he says, uh, Charlie, don't worry about Charlie. When he got his just desserts, he came back for seconds. Ha! 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 Hit the drum jack! So, so that was the episode. Uh, look. If you're if you don't watch the episodes like beforehand and then listen to the episode, uh, I I really really insist that you watch this episode at the very least because it is fantastic. It's great. Demi Moore is great. Jeffrey Tambor is fantastic, and he's and it's hilarious him in that fat suit. And just everything about this episode is is spectacular. So I. I really recommend it. So, now we're going to see if the comic series correctly predicted the future of this episode. It's time for comic versus show. So, the comic is honestly pretty much the same. Uh, it's it's basically just like a streamlined version of everything. Uh, no real like deviations between the comic and the show. Just kind of updated. The real deviation here is the fact that this uh, episode was based on a story out of Shock Suspense Stories 6, which was like, uh, it was like EC Comics. It's still EC Comics, but it was like their crime stories and like weird, like gritty, like detective stuff. And it wasn't actually uh, any, any of the Tales from the Crypt like series books. It, it's not even hosted. There's no... There's no uh, old witch or crypt keeper or anything, uh, so that's that's a, a weird thing about this episode. But other than that, it's just uh, pretty straightforward. It starts off with uh, with Kathy actually being in Vorna's shop, not just like, oh hey, like are you Madame Vorna? Blah blah blah. She's already been there. Like they've they've had sessions. Uh, the but like before the first thing that happens it's talking about how she'd already been in there four times to get predictions and then Vorna told her about losing the job and getting another one and stuff also another thing that kind of separates it is uh <laughs> when Kathy gets fired it's not she's not talking to like her secretary friend or anything it's just her boss just shows up and he's like uh oh, I heard from the elevator guy that you took your your lunch hella long ago. It's an hour and a half. You're fired. Get out of here. So that's that's just a, that's a small wrinkle. The Vorna Vorna reads tea leaves instead of uh, instead of unleashing the power of people's uh, inner spirit or whatever. 
And uh, in this, Vorna's Vorna's not like a sexy gypsy lady. She's just a terrifying old woman. She looks like the old witch. I'm pretty sure that she's the old witch just as a young woman, and she just always looked terrifying. Uh, another thing about it is that Kathy doesn't work at a strip club. She she just works at a restaurant. Uh, I listen. I we already said that they could get away with a lot of things back then, but I don't know if they're setting shit in strip clubs. And also, Vorna actually tells her how much money that she's gonna get in the inheritance. She said, "Oh, uh, dude's gonna inherit twenty five thousand dollars as an inheritance," and Kathy's just like, "Oh shit, twenty five k. That'll I'm I'm set. Hell yeah." And when the the last the last real difference of the uh, of the comic is that she actually when she goes to the automat she actually buys uh, coffee. It actually like specifically shows her buying coffee rather than just who who cares what millionth customer. Oh boy, but yeah, they they just specifically she's just like ah oh, man I need a coffee and then everyone's like oh you're the millionth customer here's twenty five k and then she gets murdered to death by by Charlie and he inherits that money. So that's that's really it for comic versus show. That's the end of the episode, everybody. This is the beginning of season two, and it's already looking fucking great. Real quick, uh, I just want to shout out my shriek of the week, which is Antlers. Oh, man, if you have not seen the trailer for Antlers, go do yourself a favor and look it up. It looks so creepy, and it looks so fucking good. Guillermo del Toro is behind it, so you know it's going to be some cool shit. And it, it, just, it just looks fucking dope. So that's, that's what shriek of the week is this week. All right, everyone, take it easy. I hope that you all have a great new year. Uh, this is the last. This is the last podcast of 2019. So I thank you guys for supporting me this whole time. I mean, we're only we're only eight episodes in, but you guys have been showing me a lot of love, and 2020 is gonna be a real fun time for this podcast. All right, everybody. Uh, I'm CJ Damoka, all over the place, C-J-D-A-M-O-C-H-A. You can find me on Twitch, you can find me on social medias, or you can just, like, find me on the street and be like, hey, you're that Tales from the Crypt guy, and I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Alright, folks, take it easy, and stay spooky. Stay spooky.